0: Good afternoon, how are you? So good to be with you guys, good to see you. My name is Aaron McRae, about 20 months ago, I was a pastor here and then, so the Lord led us to go to Rancho Cucamonga, yes it actually exists, California. And I'm now the lead pastor there at Hillside Community Church, but it's always good to be back at Cornerstone. So excited to be with you guys. If you're watching online at 5 p.m., we're so glad you're, you're with us as well. Uh, this is just a, a great time for me to, to be here. Our daughter, Kate, a lot of you know, um, as we were on staff here, was diagnosed with an incredibly aggressive brain tumor and, and just had to endure uh, brain surgery, months and months of chemotherapy, radiation but praise god she has gotten good mri after good mri and the doctors say there's no sign of cancer at all right now we are so grateful for so many of you who prayed so much for us and and actually tomorrow is her next MRI. She gets an MRI every three months still. So tomorrow's the date. It's a big day. And, and so we would ask you to pray for that as well. Uh, but, I, but I know that in a season like this, uh, not everybody's excited about it being Christmas. There's also hurt and heartache in a time like this. And then you add to that. Some people in our country have terrible things like a, a school shooting happen. And, and just there's just these these tragedies that happen and before I go any further I would love just to pray for us for our time this morning so will you join me in prayer so God we just we come before you right now and uh, as we sing that song you are uh, Jesus Messiah you are the Lord of all all of our hope is in you and yet we still know that there are hard times and there are some in this room who are struggling they are suffering and God we would ask you to give them strength Uh, would you meet us here and help us Um, to really have that peace that passes understanding that Scripture talks about. And and even in our nation, uh, we, we remember those who were affected by this shooting in Colorado, and we ask for your comfort and your peace for them. We ask that you would just be gracious to some of them as they try to make sense of what's going on, help them, meet them, God, in their time of need. God, today for our time we have here, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would open up our spiritual eyes that we could see, and ears that we could hear. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. So is there anybody here that is a Christmas music fan like me? Just, Just lift your hand up. Don't be shy. You're a Christmas music fan. Okay, so I'm riding down the road with my kids, taking them to school a couple weeks ago, and I'm a little bit surprised because sort of the season has snuck up on me that like every station is playing country music i go to the oldie oldie goldie station and they're playing christmas music the classic rock station they're playing christmas music well this one song comes on santa claus is coming to town not a g in coming it's coming right santa claus is coming to town but there's only one version that really matters when it comes to santa claus is coming to town right whose version is that his version of that the boss bruce springsteen's the only version that matters so As we're cruising down the road, I'm getting louder and louder. I'm like, kids, you better listen to this one. Like, check out the ho, ho, ho in the background. Like, every bit of it is classic. Kids, you need to know what this is like. So I wanted to do a really, really quick poll with you guys, and I need you to to shout out. What is your favorite non-Jesus-y kind of Christmas song? Okay, shout it out. Go. Rudolph, White Christmas, I heard some of those things. Hopefully no one said, Justin Bieber's under the mistletoe. (laughs) That's unacceptable and security will usher you out right now if you said that. You can point them out. Okay, what about, we got claps for non-Justin Bieber stuff, okay. Uh, What about your favorite Jesus-y kind of Christmas song? Go. Oh, Holy Night, Silent Night. I I get the privilege of telling you about my favorite one this morning. It is Joy to the World. I love Joy to the World. I, I love just what it means and sort of even the, the, uh, the heart behind it. As I begin to dig a little bit about this song, Joy to the World, I, I realized it's, it's not a new song. Uh, Isaac Watts wrote this song, in sev- or the lyrics, in 1719. As a young man, he was in church and he started complaining. He didn't like the songs that they were singing in his church. So a deacon put him aside one day and said, young man, if you think you can do better, write some songs yourself. And so he started doing exactly that. And many of us who have grown up in the church, we have sang many of the hymns that Isaac Watts wrote hundreds and hundreds of years ago. One of those is Joy to the World. And interestingly enough, Joy to the World was never intended to be a Christmas song. He actually wrote this song about the second coming, the return of Jesus Christ, somewhere still out in the future. He wrote it about that triumphal return of Jesus because he was writing songs through the Old Testament book of Psalms. He got to Psalm 98 and he he read these words in Psalm 98 verse 4 and it says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. And as he was reading this passage, he realized that this whole command, shout for joy. uh, Some of us who have grown up in the church, maybe you have this word, uh, phrase, make a joyful Noise rolling through your head. Same, same phrase. It was not a recommendation. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. And the psalmist is writing and saying, regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in, regardless of what's going on in your life, you can have joy. You can find joy. So shout for joy. Not because of what's going on in your life necessarily, but because who God is. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This afternoon, We're going to talk about what does it mean to realize that this joy is possible and to begin to live in this joy. Uh, grab uh, or take your Bible, Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to start and we're going to understand that the words of a joy to the world, the, the phrase of let every heart prepare him room. They require us to take some response to the initiative that God has given to us. Luke chapter 2 is a very familiar story of Scripture for, for a lot of us. In the first seven verses of Luke 2, Luke is telling us about the, the background to Jesus' birth. Chapter, verse 1, uh, Caesar Augustus, the ruler of the land at that time, issues a decree that a census should be taken. In our day and age, if there's a census, we simply walk out to the mailbox. We fill it out. We go online. We fill it out. In their day and age, you traveled back to your homeland, the land of your birth. And Joseph was from Bethlehem. So he and Mary have to travel back to Bethlehem, the land of David, Joseph's ancestor. And they go there to register. While they're there, Mary is is about to have a baby. They're looking for a place to have this baby. We're we're only given this simple phrase in Luke 2. There was no guest room available for them. That's the circumstance that we find ourselves in when the shepherds begin to find out about this amazing news. Look with me in Luke 2 verse 8. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the angels come on the scene and they, they give this declaration that to these shepherds. And the, these shepherds are in fields nearby. At that time, shepherds... As far as jobs and occupations go, it's like down the list of pretty good ways. It's, it's not a popular profession. It's, it's sort of more in the lines of like, you know that show Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? It's something he would do just to torture himself. Uh, shepherds were known as, as dirty, stinky people that lived out there. They, they were sort of the lowest of society. But God chose them to reveal the coming of the Messiah. God chose them, included them, let them know And even lets us know today, nobody's off limits, nobody's out of bounds, nobody is unworthy, nobody's done too much, gone too far that you're not a part of this story. And so the shepherds encounter this angel. Uh, Read with me uh, verse 10. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And then there's a word missing in this NIV translation. It's a word that maybe in some of your Bibles it simply says behold. But it's a word that is used often in the Bible to, Jesus would use it to say behold and then give this great teaching. John the Baptist uses it, says behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world when Jesus comes on the scene. It's a word that means look, pay attention, wake up. Open your eyes, see. It's this idea of seeing for yourself, seeing with your own eyes. So the angel says, don't be afraid. Behold, check this out. And then the angel says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So there's just a few things we wanna talk about right in here. The angel says, I wanna wanna let you know that, that I bring you good news. Now, all of us like to get good news, but we don't really understand how good news is good until we've gotten bad news. In this journey with our daughter, I mean, we know what it's like to get really, really bad news. And many of you have journeyed with us and you've prayed with us through the bad news times. And it's been bad. Like, I mean, we thought we would lose our daughter. It was terrible. And it makes the good news all the better. All the more worth rejoicing for when we realize what could have been. And the good news that we realize of our daughter has had good scans. The doctors, I mean, one nurse practitioner looked at her in the face and said, Kate, do you know you're a little miracle? And we're like, yes, we've been praying for those words to come out of a medical professional's mouth good news it's good news like when when I was falling madly in love with my wife and I snuck away to buy a ring and 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 I surprised her and got down on one knee and 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 was showing her this ring and asking her this question and she started laughing and I was like this isn't good news this is this is not how I thought this would go and so she's laughing and I'm getting more and more nervous like oh this is this is bad this is really bad And so I say, hey, I asked you a question. Will you marry me? She started laughing more. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, I didn't tell you. I laugh when I'm nervous. And I'm like, well, I'm getting nervous too now. (laughs) Give me an answer. And so she said, yes. And it was good news that changed the rest of my life. It's good news. We, We love good news. But the angel's declaration, it's a different kind of good news. Because scripture says it's good news for all people. For all people. Like I said, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. This is good news for you. It doesn't matter the circumstance that you find yourself in right now. This is good news. This is what Christmas is about. Uh, FYI, Christmas isn't about snowmen that blow up and shake in your front yard. It's not about fighting the traffic at the mall and getting angry at the people in the parking space and then getting in the mall and waiting in line. I mean, There's nothing wrong with all that stuff, but that's not what it's about. It's about good news and us being reminded of of this good news and so the angel declares there's good news and and there's a response that the angel is asking and hoping for from these shepherds we see that it happens in verse 15 when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Let's go and see, basically, for ourselves. This little word that's used in the Bible for let's see, it doesn't mean just to see like, oh, I saw it and I move on. It means to perceive, to understand, to give attention to after seeking and to get it. And it makes a difference in us. It's to, to truly see and to understand. And, and there's this invitation that, This good news is for all of us to see for ourselves, to experience in our lives. I read a stat years ago that that talked about people who come to church week after week after week. And and it was shocking way back when I read it. But the stat was people were surveyed that attend church very regularly. And 37% of the people in this survey said, although I attend church faithfully, I don't know if I've ever personally experienced God and it's shocking to say that we could we could come and and be so close and hear the songs and hear the scriptures taught but never experience for ourselves the hope the joy the peace that Jesus has to offer but the good news is it's yours it's available and we can respond by seeing for ourselves secondly the the angel says I bring you good news but then he also says that will cause great joy that it will cause great joy. And, and so there's a couple of things we wanna talk about. First, it's, it's great, it's, it's mega joy. I mean, the Greek prefix is megas, where we get mega. And so it's like gigantic, it's over and above, it's abounding, it's splendid, it's wonderful, it's great joy, not happiness. It's not the angel saying, uh, God will make you happy, happy, happy. It's not that, it's, it's joy. Because there's a great difference between happiness and joy happiness very often is superficial happiness very often is circumstantial as long as my circumstances are good then I'm happy as long as this car is new I like it I'm happy with the car but once it gets a little bit of mileage I'm not happy with it happiness is circumstantial superficial joy goes down deep And the angel says, I'm bringing good news that will cause great joy for all the people who receive it. This joy is possible. This joy is ours. We can have it. The, The Psalms say that the joy of the Lord, it's our strength. Meaning that even in hard circumstances, even in the midst of painful circumstances, that we can have joy that comes from knowing the Lord in every circumstance, no matter what they may be and that there's a response we we see this response when people begin to get a glimpse of this great joy look with me in verse 17 it says that after the shepherds when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child they spread the word they're telling everybody about what they've seen and all who heard it were amazed at what had happened. Everyone who heard it, they were amazed. They, wow, that's, that's unbelievable. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The response is, is this amazement, is this, I don't understand it. It's almost this, it sounds too good to be true. And if you were like me growing up, my dad taught me if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So he's like, don't sign up for that credit card deal at college that they're going to offer you. Don't believe that email that you just got. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yet there are times in life when what sounds too good to be true really is true. It really does come to fruition in our our lives. About three years ago, uh, we were here and our daughter had been through chemo, been through radiation, and the doctors told us there there's a break coming up, a small window of time where she's not gonna be in treatment, And we had been talking about, we just need a vacation. We've been living in Phoenix Children's Hospital way too much. We need a break. And the doctor said, here's your break. It's coming up. You need to seize this moment. And so Kate had always wanted to go to Hawaii. So we're like, we're going to Hawaii. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going there. And we're going to make it happen. And so some very generous friends helped out in different ways. But we get to Hawaii, and, and we get word that someone is sending us on a trip to swim with dolphins. And we're like... Okay, thank you. That's unbelievable. We didn't even know you could do that, really. And so we show up early one morning in Hawaii at this marina. The captain of this boat is out there. We're sort of just making small talk. And he's asking, have you ever swam with dolphins? And we're like, no, but we've been to SeaWorld. Is that close? He's like, not even in the ballpark. So we hop in this boat and he starts to just tell us about what's going on. And honestly, it sounded too good to be true. We take the boat out for a ways, and there's this gigantic cove. And so we pull into this cove area, and he just shuts the engine off and we just sit. Pretty soon, you begin to see some dolphins crest the top of the water. You see the fins go through, and we're like, There's some dolphins. There's dolphin. There's dolphin. And so pretty soon, he just says, Okay, there's a lot of dolphin in here. Get your fins on, get your snorkels ready, get your masks on, get in the water. You're going to swim with a dolphin. We're like, oh, this is unbelievable. I mean, we're seeing their fins above the water. So I get ready, I'm the first one ready and I jump in the water so I can catch the kids as they come down. Uh, But kids take longer than usual as always. And I'm like, well, while I'm waiting on you guys, I'm I'm going under. So I put the mask on my face and I put my head underwater and it was as if I entered a new world. There were dolphin everywhere. So I jump back up real quick. Kids, you won't believe this. You've got to hurry up. Get get ready. Get in this. Like, I didn't know if we would miss the moment or what. So I'm like, just whatever. Get in the water. You can't miss this. And so we swim with dolphin. We have the time of our life. The kids were amazed. I was amazed. Literally, it was an hour and a half later swimming with dolphin. We're like, I'm tired of swimming with dolphin. You want to go back to the boat? So we come home. We start telling everybody and nobody believes us. I think every time we say it, they're like, yeah, right. You, brought, you guys are saying that right now, aren't you? So I brought a video to show you I'm not telling a story. Watch this video. That's some woman, I have no idea who she is. And then there's me, we're swimming with a dolphin. And then one dolphin decides to show off a little bit. And this video doesn't even begin to capture, you know, what an hour and a half in the water swimming with a dolphin is like, but it was, it was unbelievable. And, and it was one of those moments that sounded absolutely too good to be true until we experienced it for ourselves. And we're like, it's real, it's, it's real. And so the angel says, there's good news of great joy that will be for all people. And the shepherds see for themselves and the shepherds are amazed. And the shepherds begin to tell others about Jesus. And others are amazed. So we we have to ask ourselves, what is this good news? What will cause great joy? Look with me one more time in verse 11. Here's the explanation of the good news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's your Savior, shepherds. He's your Savior, cornerstone, our Savior. He's been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The angel says the good news, the the great joy, here's what it's all about. A Savior has been born. The Messiah, the Lord, he's born. And, and to those of you who are shepherds, who, I, who the angel's making this announcement, here's the sign. There's probably other babies in Bethlehem, but here's the sign. Two things that will distinguish this baby from all others. This baby will be wrapped in cloths and this baby will be lying in a manger. No other babies are like that. And so the shepherds are well acquainted with mangers. And so this angel is declaring, this Jesus has come for you just like you in a language that will speak to you. A manger. This is your Messiah. This is your Lord. And there's a response. There's worship that happens all around. First, the angels worship. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Verse 20, the shepherds begin to worship when they realize who this Jesus is. It says, the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things they had what? Heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When they saw with their own eyes and when they heard with their own ears, it was literally just as they had been told. The, the news that was seemingly too good to be true was true. Good news. Great joy for all people. And the shepherds for the first time, it seems, they understand The message of God. They understand the good news of great joy that God has sent his son to rescue us, to rescue them. And they worship. They are overwhelmed. They are in awe of what's going on. And they start telling others because they can't help themselves. So so you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but let's just be honest. Like in this season, do you see for yourself? In this season, have you experienced Jesus for yourself? In this season, have you been amazed? I mean, has there just been a moment where you realized, this is how much God loves me, this is what God has done for me, and you've been amazed? Has there been a point in this season, these last few weeks, where you've realized a Savior has been born for me, and you've truly worshiped that the good news of great joy is is for you, it's for me, and Christmas is more than gifts and packages and decorations and really good food, which I like that part a lot. It's about a Savior that has been born for us, a Messiah, a Lord, who when we meet Him and when we experience Him, He fills us with joy. That surpasses circumstances, that helps us endure every season of life. It doesn't mean we always walk around with a gigantic smile on our face, but it means even in the heartbreaking moments, we remember there's more to come. This isn't the end of the story that God is not finished with me yet, that, that our God is a God who rescues and he redeems us. And if you're here and you've been struggling with shame or guilt, that our God sets us free and our God is gracious Maybe you're here and you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you've almost settled in your expectations. Maybe you would remember that our God is a God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. He doesn't do average. He doesn't just do okay. He does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. He gives great joy. Maybe today you would just say, just help me to see for myself. Help me to hear again with my own ears. Years ago, the radio commentator Paul Harvey told this story. You know, Paul Harvey, the guy who now for the rest of the story, told a story about a a gentleman who one Christmas Eve he just told his wife, I'm really struggling to believe. I, I don't know if I can believe in this Jesus. And I don't know if I can go to the Christmas Eve service tonight. I don't wanna fake it, I don't wanna play games. And so I think I'm just gonna stay home. And so he said to his wife, why don't you just take the children to church tonight? And so she reluctantly agreed and she began to get the children ready and she gets them ready and, and they're off to church. And as they begin to leave, the husband noticed that snow was falling outside and it was beginning to accumulate a little bit. So he settled into his favorite chair by the fire reading a newspaper, when all of a sudden he just began to hear a noise. So he gets up and he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's thinking maybe kids are just throwing snowballs at a window. And so he's not sure. He looks out the front window and he sees that there are some birds just huddled on the ground. And one of them after another would sort of fly and they're, they're trapped in the snow. They're trapped in the cold and they're just trying to find a place to escape. And they're sw- uh, flying towards the light, hitting the window, and so he's like, I- "I've got to do something. I've got to try to help these birds." And so he puts on his boots and he gets his coat and his hat, and he he starts trumpsing through the snow, and he and he gets to where the birds are, and he's wanting to help them, and they just fly in every direction, and he's like, oh, "I don't know what to do." So he's trying to shoo them towards a barn that they have out back, and he turns the lights on there, and that won't work; they just go in different directions. He he gets bread, and he makes like a bread trail for the birds, trying to lead them to the barn, and. Silly birds, they won't pay attention to anything. And he's sort of frustrated thinking, I'm trying to rescue these birds. I'm trying to help them. I don't know what to do. And he says to himself, if only I could speak bird. And if only I could become a bird, speak bird and lead them and tell them, follow me. We're going to a place I'm trying to save you. If only I could become a bird, speak bird, I could lead them safely to a refuge. And immediately the bells of the church began to ring. And almost instantaneously, he remembered the story of Jesus. And he realized that's exactly what Jesus did for him. That Jesus became a human. that God took on human form. God became a baby. Why? Because we couldn't deliver ourselves. We couldn't rescue ourselves. So God took the initiative and God reached out to us. And God made a way where there was no way by sending himself, by becoming one of us, by speaking our language and showing himself to be like us. That's the good news that can cause great joy for all people and it can be yours. That God loves you just like you are. There, there's nothing that you have to do to get your act together. And then finally God will say, now I love you. He couldn't love you any more than he loves you right Now, there's nothing you could do and you would finally earn God's approval. God has already shown us His love, His way, the way that He provides by sending His Son to be born in a manger, by allowing His Son to die on a cross, by bringing His Son back to life. And so we learn in Corinthians that the resurrection of Jesus shows us death can't stop us. There's nothing to fear, even death can't hold us back. Sin can be conquered. And you may be struggling with some addiction. You may be struggling with some secret thing. And maybe guilt and shame rack your life. But guess what? You can be forgiven. God's grace is free for you. And Jesus is the example of that. So death, hell, or death, the grave, hell, sin. So that, that hell, the eternity aspect, the resurrection of Jesus shows that Jesus has come, that we could have life here on this earth and life eternally with him. So joy is possible in Jesus because it's a new perspective. And what I love about the Psalms that Isaac Watts wrote about Psalm 98, what I love about joy to the world is these aren't suggestions. Hey, should you try joy? Hey, if you just get a little bit more joy, they're declarations, they're proclamations over our life. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. I mean, that line that says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every heart prepare him room. That if our eyes will see and if our ears will hear, we'll realize the proclamation of joy is ours, that we can live in that, like I said, despite circumstance, not necessarily with a big smile on our face all the time, but with a heart conviction that says, I can trust in God. The joy of the Lord will be my strength even when life feels like it's coming against me. I know God is for me and he will never fail. Let's pray. Would you stand with me as I pray? God, we thank you so much for the truth of scripture. We thank you for the Bible that challenges us in our circumstance. It challenges us in our our own feelings and emotions to say even when we don't feel like this is good news, it is good news. And even when we don't Have the personal experience in the moment of great joy. Great joy is possible. It's ours to be had. Remind us of that today, we pray. Remind us of why there's good news, great joy. It's because you, Jesus, our Savior, you have been born. You've come to rescue. You've come to deliver. You've come to give us life and life abundantly. So as we sing this song, we lift up the Words, joy to the world. God, may this be a declaration. May you even lead us to sing this as a proclamation over our lives that joy that comes from you is ours. That joy that conquers every circumstance is ours because of who you are, Jesus. And that we would march out of this place filled with hope, filled with peace, filled with joy because you, Jesus, our Savior, the Lord, the Messiah, You have come for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.